You know, many times when you're dealing with things, and, and, and it's so funny because with all of the stuff that's going on, you know, I'm getting a call from this person, that person, this thing, this thing, talking. It's just like sometimes you have to step back and go, okay, I need, I need to just recharge myself. I need to make sure I'm walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. And then sometimes you've got to grab your soulish realm, amen, and, and, and do some things. And so, uh, you know, people always say, well, you've got to walk in the spirit. You've got to be led by the spirit. You know, and all of those things are truths from the word of God. But how do you know that you've you got to know who your spirit is, know who the real you is? If you know who the real you is, then you can actually be led by it. You can walk by it. You can actually know how strong you can be in it. Because you got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And don't let everything that's happening uh, overwhelm you. Amen? Because you can get overwhelmed. It can just get overwhelming. Everything can get overwhelming, you know, when you, when you look at things. But thank God for uh, who Jesus is. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 4. We're just going to share some things about our spirit tonight and how to, how to strengthen our spirit, how to know that we are a spirit, we possess a soul, we live in a body, but how to really truly walk uh, with our spirit strong and, and, and know that we're, you know, we're going to not let the things of the world mess us all up and, and to realize how we can develop strength in that area. Amen? I know that much. When I know that my mind's going crazy and I'm letting my soulish get it's getting to me, and then my flesh gets ugly, then I realize, guess what? You're not, you're not letting your spirit be in control. Amen? Amen? You're not allowing the spirit of God to lead you. You know, you've got to go back and say, wait a minute, what, what am I, who am I reacting to right now? You know, because uh, we, we don't know all the answers. You know, and we didn't know. You know, we opened up our roof. We didn't know exactly what we were going to get. I kind of knew what we were going to get. I was just believing that maybe that by some miracle, uh, there would be a good thing there. But... Uh, you know, I didn't realize how much my faith has been working for the last 28 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you want to see a man walk by faith, you should see Crispin walk on top of this roof. That was, I'm telling you, he was, he was as light on his feet as I've ever seen him. He did really good. And uh, especially when he saw those two guys fall through, it was then the good thing. But anyways, you know, he, his, his faith increased in, in, immensely there. But look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It says this. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing uh, or the division of soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen? The only thing that can separate your soul and your spirit is the word of God. Did you know that? Because they're connected together. They flow together. That's why the Bible tells us we've got to renew our minds so that our spirit and our soul can have fellowship with each other. See, that's what happens many times. We get born again. We get born of the Spirit of God. And what happens, we don't renew our mind on the Word of God. So we never have fellowship with ourselves. There's always this turmoil going on. Because our mind is always giving us fits on what our spirit wants to do. Amen. You know, you, just, you, you, you don't have control in your own body because you're not telling your mind to be quiet. Your mind's always bombarding you about, well, yeah, but rationally, or if you just think like this, it's, yeah, but in thinking in line with the Word of God, the Bible tells us we've got to think in line with what the Bible says. Amen? He tells us this. You know, over in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 23 says this, and I'm going to read to you out of the New Living. I can quote it to you out of the King James because Paul said, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? In the New Living Translation, it says this, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. 
So he says, you've got a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Why is that so important to say that? Because you've got to know who you are. What got born again? Who is the real you? It's the spirit of God living and dwelling. That's the new man. Now, your, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's what drives you in a lot of ways. Most people live in their soulish realm more than live in their spiritual realm. Amen? And, and I've had many people ask me questions. Well, how do I know? How do I get over it so that I, I can just get my mind quiet here? So, well, one of the biggest things you got to do is you just got to keep your mind focused on the Word of God. The Bible says uh, in, in Isaiah, it said, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And when that word perfect peace just means it's going to keep you in double peace. When you focus in, how do you keep your mind on God? You keep your mind on the Word of God. First Corinthians, don't know if it's, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You got to think differently. That's, in order for Christianity to be fun, you got to change your thinking. I mean, I grew up in church, okay? I grew up in church. I got born again at the age of nine years old. Love God. It only took three years for the church to put the light out. And I went to church every day, all the time, when everything... And when I say put the light out, what it meant is I, it's for me to conform to the deadness of everybody else around me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, you'll get calmed down. You'll get, it'll wear off after a little while. And it did, because if you hang around dead people, you become dead. You do. If you hang around life people, you become life. Amen? And so, you know, it didn't take... So then my teenagers, being in a dead church or in a church... I mean, thank God for what they were trying to do. The problem was is that they kept telling me what not to do, what we couldn't do. They kept telling me about just hanging on and being a sinner and saved by grace and all kinds of stuff. But they never told me what I could do. They never told me about it. See, because the Bible says in Romans 12 too, it says, be not conformed to this world. Well, they were really good at telling me, don't conform to the world. I was like, okay, can't have any fun, can't do anything, got to be just this dead person like everybody else. But it says, don't be conformed to him, but be ye transformed. Nobody ever told me how to transform. Nobody told me how I was supposed to think. Because I was, you know, I truly got saved. So when I would do something dumb or I'd get mad or get upset and, and say things or do things, I felt bad. All the other kids that went forward, you know, the day after I went forward, they didn't seem to feel bad. They could still act the same way. I couldn't. That ruined me for lying. It ruined me for, for cursing and cussing. That didn't mean I didn't do it. It just ruined me for it. Amen? It just ruined me. I just, I couldn't. It just, ah, I felt bad. Amen? I, 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 when I would do something, or I, act, I, just, I just couldn't. I couldn't act that way anymore because I knew Jesus was my Lord and my Savior. But nobody ever told me what, how, how to have fun in Christianity. Because nobody ever told me how to renew my mind so that I could think in line with the right and receive the benefits and the blessings of God and how to be transformed so that I could prove or, to, or do what God says so I could prove that perfectly good and accepted will of God. I didn't want to be in the acceptable will of God. I didn't want to be in the permissible will of God. I wanted to be in the perfect will of God because it's fun. Now, thank God, I, I, I got a hold, and, and thank God I didn't, you know, run away from God. I didn't do that. I stayed, because I love God. I really did. But then when I was 18, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and man, everything changed. Because I dove back in here, and I met the author, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, guess what? He goes, let's have fun. I said, we can have fun? <laughs> Here's what, and taking hold of the Word of God, it changed everything. It changed my whole perspective. Because I stopped seeing myself, number one, I stopped seeing myself as a sinner saved by grace. That was the greatest revelation, and one of the greatest revelations I ever got was spirit, soul, and body, knowing and hearing that, hey, wait a minute, the person that got born again that's been trapped inside here with my mind and my body is the real me. Yeah. 
And then it was said, if you dig into the word of God, you get to find out what you get to do. And I remember reading the Bible, reading and then getting down to John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I said, Jesus, life right now is no fun. Life right now, I mean, I mean it's like, I, I want to know the God kind of life. I want to know this joy unspeakable and full of glory that we read about over here. That the disciples are rejoicing, they're excited. The miracles, the signs, and the wonders, and the supernatural. Amen. I mean, all these things, I see these guys going, miracles, signs, and wonders. Yeah, there's hardship. Yes, there's things. But glory to God, I want to see the hand of God. And so I began to look and see what the word of God says. I had to find out who I was. The only way I could find out who I was was to read the manual. Who I am in Christ. Because it was no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if I'm living by faith, that means my faith can create whatever it is I desire. Along with the word of God. You know, you're not going to desire things that, you know, to sin and stuff. Because God's grace and your love for God is there. But all of a sudden, it changes. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to exercise my faith. God, you're going you're to show me things to come. You're going to open things up to me. Amen? See, because here's the thing, too. If you don't really understand your spirit, you know, then if you get filled with the Holy Ghost, your mind will shut you down. It will, if you don't have any understanding. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, didn't know anything, was at church, and then went back home to the, to the other churches that, you know, that I was used to coming to that didn't have any spirituality about them at all. And so for a whole year, you know, I didn't, and I was just endeavoring to do things and, and work and do and trying to be a good Christian kid and good Christian young man. But I had no spiritual things going on in my life. And in your mind saying, yeah, well, maybe that was just some kind of goofy experience you had. Maybe it was really weird. Maybe that really isn't right. Maybe that isn't all this, you know, craziness. It's not, it's not the right thing. Because the enemy will try to get you to analyze. Because, I mean, you know, the Bible says when you pray in other tongues, your spirit prays and your understanding is unfruitful. It means you don't understand what you're saying. What good is it? What good is it if I don't understand it? Because that's what I was told my whole life. What good is it if you don't understand it? Thank God God's bigger than your brain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need some things you don't understand to help you grow in the things of God. Amen. It helps you to understand some things here. And that's why I said, when I found out and learned that, hey, I am a spirit, I possess a soul, amen, and I live in a body. This body's my shell, what you see. Hallelujah. And now my spirit and soul are going to go to heaven. They go to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. But my soul is going to, you know, it's going to know as Jesus is known once we get up there. But my spirit is perfect. You know that your spirit is perfect, that you're an, you're an eternal being right now, that you've been born again. You're a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. And you got, you got a right and a privilege to be there. You got your passport. It's the name of Jesus. You can walk into heaven based on that name, based on who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, your thought process in it. See, like I said, my thought process, I was struggling. And then I went, you know, I, I got accepted to go to Bible college, and uh, so I went there, and when I, you know, I'm, I'm going there, and I'm thinking, God, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to be here. Look at all these spiritual people that are around me. I thought everybody was just so much more spiritual than me, and they probably were, but the key was, is I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I know to do here, Hallelujah! but I've got to train myself, and I've got to find out about this Holy Spirit thing. I've got to find out about the Word of God. I've got to find out the Spirit, soul, and body. Because I need to decipher me. Because right now, my mind is stronger than anything else. My soul was stronger. 
you know, I thought all these guys that were, and there was a lot of religion. You have to realize there's a lot of religious guys, you know. They were all like, oh, I'm believing God for this. And I'm, we had a lot of crazy things in the 70s. You have to understand that. We were all doing LSD and doing crazy stuff, so it was not good. And they all got saved or they got out of it, and so their brains were pretty, pretty fried and not good. You know, it doesn't even matter. And then you had the religious folks that came in, and so they, these guys were, I mean, I, I got into an apartment complex, and there were seven guys going to the same school I was going to, and not one of them had a car. I'm the only one with a car. They're all like, well, we're believing God. We're believe-. I said, well, what are you going to do? We're, we're in Oklahoma. This is not a city. There's no buses. I mean, we're five miles from the school. You got to walk. <laughs> but no, I, I took all seven of them to school all the time. You know, but I thought to myself, you know, <laughs> you guys are all trying to, trying to believe God here. And, actually, and I thought, you know, I'm a little more practical. Now, thank God. I thank God you got to use your brain just a little bit, okay? You know, to have that. So it wasn't bad thinking that this, but it was, but I understood, they understood some spiritual things that I didn't understand, and I understood a whole bunch of that. So we actually worked together and, and made it through the first year, praise God, you know, in this. But I had to strengthen my spiritual side. So I had to ask the Lord, what do I do? How do I do that? How do I strengthen this? How do I do this? First of all, I had to make a decision on what I believed about being filled with the Spirit and about the spiritual man on the inside, the one that was born again, because I knew I was born again. And, and I had to know, what's the difference? I contact the spiritual realm with my spirit. I contact the mental realm with my soul. And of course, the fleshy realm with my flesh. So I had to decide, how do I develop my spirit? Because I wanted to grow and I wanted to get higher. We can develop our spirit so that we can grow higher in the things of God. The reason that we don't see a lot more spiritual, supernatural things is because we haven't developed ourselves to where we're supposed to be. Amen? And really what I had to do is I just had to get my soul saved. Amen? Now go with me to James. Let's look at that. You're in Hebrews. I had to go over to James chapter 1. Go over to James chapter 1. You guys all know this, but it's it's so important to understand. I'm just going to give you a good Bible thing because we need to learn this. Because we live in a day and an age that everybody's going to try to get you to look at this, look at this, try to look at this, reason this. And it takes faith to believe God takes faith to stand and say, no, this is what the Spirit of God is saying. This is what the Word of God is saying. I'm going to stand with what the Word of God says. Amen? You know, it's so funny because reading in the Word of God, Paul said, I discipline my body. I'm thinking, wait a minute, aren't your body and you the same? No. His Spirit is saying, I, his, his Spirit is saying, no, I discipline. I make sure my body is put under, lest I myself should be a castaway, you know, or I shouldn't receive things. So I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that my, my body and my mind is in line with my Spirit or in line with the Word of God. Amen. So I've got to renew my mind so that my mind and my spirit can have fellowship. You know, that's the key thing about it because I was battling. I was battling and I was hearing. And in in the Bible school I was going to, they were teaching all these things. And I was, I was, my, my mind was going tilt, tilt, tilt. It was struggling even though, now the best thing I did is I went back home and I'd take the word of God and I'd read the scripture before and after in the chapters and I would, I really was doing all this stuff because I was, I said, you know what? You need to get a grip. You don't know anything so you better get some things down here, especially spiritual things here. But look at James chapter one. Let's look at verse uh, 21, okay? He says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You know, I thought, man, that's a big old deal. What, how do we, what is he talking about here? Superfluity and naughtiness, all this kind of crazy things. But what he was saying, he said, lay aside all the junk that's going on around you. 
lay aside all the things of the flesh of what is happening. And he said, you've got to receive, the best part is you've got to receive the engrafted word. You've got to receive this word that it's yours, that you've been adopted into the family of God and everything the word of God says about you is true. Amen. That's what I had to, had to grab a hold of. It's so hard sometimes for people to grab a hold that the word of God is true. Amen. Because most people have a bad self-image of themselves. Because you're looking at yourself outside of Christ. If you look at yourself inside of Christ, you have a great self-image. Amen. He said this. He said, here's what it is. Be able to save your souls. Then he goes on to say this. He says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Amen. He goes on to say, for if a man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man that beholds himself or his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. And then, he, you know, for he beholds himself, but then he goes his way and he straightway forgets what manner of man he was. It means he forgets what he looks like. If you don't want to look into the perfect law of liberty, which he says over in chapter two, which is the word of God, you've got to look at that and say, no, this is what God says. I mean, all of those guys, you know, seven guys that I went to, to Bible college with, especially my roommate that we were there, and him, they all knew I was not saved. Because <sighs> I came from California, number one. And number two, you know, I had long hair, 70s had long hair. And, uh, and, uh, and I just was about as carnal as you could be, but I loved Jesus, okay? And, but I'd been raised in church all of my life, and I knew scriptures, I knew things, but I actually took hold of the word of God, and I believed what it said. And so I had all kinds of confidence that they were like struggling with. I said, but here's what the Bible says. Yeah, but this. I said, you know what? Problem with you guys is you overanalyze. They all got bad grades. Why? Because they thought they're trying to trick us. I said, why were we here if they're trying to trick us? <laughs> Amen? So I said, wait, is there no, I've got, I, can get, I can pull my yearbook out and we've got comic strips in my, 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 my Bible college yearbook that has students bringing clubs, knives, and guns to class to kill the teachers because they said they were trying, because this guy's test was supposed to be so hard. I got, I got all A's on his test. They were easy. You just had to listen. He wasn't trying to trick you, but everybody else thought he was. It's so funny. I thought, that's because you guys didn't listen. You didn't pay attention. You know, you're trying to over-spiritualize. They're trying to get some deeper meaning. I said, hey, you guys are always wanting deeper meaning. That's one of the biggest problems we have because everybody wants some deeper meaning. I'm so glad I'm, I'm still doing the ABCs. I'm still glad. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out these things here that actually work. But God shared with me, and I got a hold of a book that helped me immensely on how to develop my spiritual man. I'm going to give you four simple things that I've given before, but there's, God reminded me of some things as I was just praying, asking, okay, God, so many things going on. What do we need? He said, you just need to grab a hold of your spirit. He says, just stop. The very first thing that the Lord always says, listen, stop thinking about this and start thinking about this. Change your thought process, which means you got to stop what you're meditating on and start thinking and meditating on what the Word of God says. Very first thing that you got to do, if you want to strengthen your spirit or if you want to develop your spirit and if you want to do this, then you got to meditate on the Word of God. You got to set your sights on what the Word of God says and believe it. Don't analyze it, accept it. Amen? Look into it, see it. I decide that it's yours. Take it. I told the Lord, I said, listen, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to run with it. You're going to have to say, whoa. You are never going to have to say, giddy up. I mean, that's been my whole life. That's why you're, you guys are always happier. No, no, I'm always running. I'm always looking. I mean, I'm running full throttle. He, he's got to say, whoa, to me. 
He's never ever has to say, giddy up. That never happens. I'm never sitting there. Ah, you know, God's got to motivate me. He never has to motivate me. He has to say, stop, listen, wait, whoa, take time. You're going down the wrong road. What are you doing? He always has to say, whoa, to me. So, I, but I meditate, and, and I, just, I said, Lord, I'm going to take the word of God, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to run with it, and I'm going to get fanatical, so you're going to have to help me, because you know I'll do that. I'll just do it just because I, I'm just going to do it just to see what you do. That's dangerous. You don't want to do that. You want to have a little bit of sense. But, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of dumb things in my life, okay? You know, because the word of God is the ultimate thing that develops who we are. You find out who you are through the word. Find out who you are in Christ. It develops your Christianity. It develops what you believe in. It changes everything. Amen? And that's what you trust. But you've got to meditate. You've got to think. What did Psalms say? You know, Psalms 1 says, in fact, let's just go over to Psalms. I quote it to you, but sometimes when you go to Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Amen? Hopefully all of you read Psalms. You know, if you read five Psalms a day, you'll read through the book of Psalms in, in 30 days. And if you read one Proverbs, you know, Proverbs 1 through 31, you'll read that in a month too. So it's pretty cool. That just helps you to get your, get your praise on and get your wisdom on. Hallelujah. And um, Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, but sits, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in in its season, and 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 his oh excuse me in his season, hallelujah. And his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Amen. Go over to uh, to Joshua chapter one, and just Joshua one eight. We we do this all the time, but go ahead and go to Joshua. You know Joshua judges there, hallelujah. Joshua chapter one verse verse eight. <clears throat> talks about this. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, the and so that thou mayest observe to do, to do what the word of God says, and according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. The word of God gives us how to have prosper, how to be blessed, by taking hold of the word of God and applying it to our life. Notice it says, Don't be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. So many people hear and hear and they say, yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that. It's like if you know it, do it. It's like your kids telling you, well, I know how to do it, I know how to do it. Well, if you know how to do it, do it and do it right. Stop telling me that what it is and start doing what it is. Because you know why? Second thing that the Lord, you know, through this process is that you, not only do you meditate the word of God, but you need to practice it. You need to practice the word of God. I mean, the first time you ever say, you know what, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, you're looking at the mirror and you're thinking, there's nothing righteous about you. <laughs> there's nothing any right about you. But you've got to say it. Because the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. I mean, when's the first time you get in the front of the mirror and say, you know what, I'm wonderfully and beautifully made. Woo-hoo! That's definitely a faith statement right there. Hallelujah. You know, God's ordering my steps. I'm going to practice praising. I'm going to practice his presence. I'm going to sense him do. I'm going to sense. I'm going to practice. That's what we don't do. We don't practice enough. To, 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 it's supposed to practice in private so that we can go out in public and be a blessing. 
Amen? You know, people always say, man, I wish I could play the guitar like that. I wish I could play the piano like that. It doesn't come by wishing. It comes by practicing. It comes by doing it and practicing and getting and doing. But we don't ever practice the Word of God because we're not doers of it. The way you're a doer of the Word of God is you actually agree with it and you act upon it. Amen? I believe joy is going to come. Why? Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. What is the joy of the Lord? It's the joy of my salvation. Now, David had to say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Sometimes you got to stir your gift up. you got to stir up and say, Lord, I, I can't see anything good. I don't see anything happening. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on. But I'm going to be like David. David said, I had to believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Or I would have fainted or I would have died. But I'm going to believe that. I'm going to give you praise and glory even though I can't see nothing good in my life. Because I'm going to practice the word of God that says it is. And you said you never leave me nor forsake me. Hallelujah. So I'm going to believe that. Amen. God's here. And you say, where? I don't know, but he's here. <laughs> See, here's the thing about it. Is the Bible doesn't do any good to us until we apply it. Amen. I tell you, the Lord gave me a really good example that one time. I was, I was framing houses, and I was running a crew, and we had hired this, this, this young guy uh, out of college, and he just, just got it. And I didn't know you could go to college and become a carpenter in this. I thought you just you had to go and do it. But uh, anyways, so I said, Edison, I need you to do this. We've got to build staircases, and building staircases is, is, is interesting, especially if you have platforms and you're, you, know, you, have to have, you have to know math. So you have to do things and, you know, calculate. You got your risers. You got your seven and a half or six and a half, depending on what it is. And, uh, you know, how long it is and what's going to rise. So you got to know if it's going to be 34 inches high, how many times is that, you know, six and a half going to weigh. You got to know that you're going to put a... So you got to have a little bit of a math thought process. So I said, okay, you do this. And I'm over here doing, I'm running everything. And I look over and he's sitting down. And he's got a piece of paper. Man, he's just... And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's, he's writing and he's... And I'm like, we need this thing done. So he's still over there. After about an hour, I'm watching and I'm doing all that. I said, well, forget that. So I go over and I build the stairs. Because I'm not writing it down. I build the stairs. I'm over there. Okay, I need this and this. I'm just over there. With my t- and I cut all the riser, cut everything, the stringers, got everything. And I build the stairs. And about after about a, another hour and a half, he, he goes, I think I figured it out. Here's, here's what we're going to need. I said, it's done. He goes, well, I said, what were you doing? He said, well... I, I said, you know, you got to do it. You got to apply it. You're trying to figure, figure, figure some things out over here. I said, you know what? It's not going to work till you get over here and you actually measure what we got to put and where we got to bring it here. Put it into practice. Uh, you know, and, and it's so funny because the Lord says, that's the problem. Everybody's over here trying to figure it all out. And I think I got it. And now do I want to do this? I'm over here messing things up, having to cut three boards all the time. But by the time I get done, yeah, we got a pile of junk here, but we got a stairs. <laughs> okay. You know, I messed up. We got some waste, but you know what? We got stairs. <laughs> hey, amen. Hallelujah. And because I didn't get, I mean, I'm getting yelled at, hey, we got to get this thing accomplished, we got to get this thing done. I ain't got time for you to figure it out and then tell me how it might work. You know, I mean, glory to God. You get up there and you realize, because how many you know, if you've ever built anything, if you've ever done anything, somebody's given you plans, especially in houses and stuff, when they want to do different roofing. Architects used to give us things and they'd say, well, go see if this works. And then we'd go up there and we realize, no, that's not going to work. 
Well, no, it works on paper. It may work on paper, but it ain't going to work because you can't bend that board the way you want to put it on that paper. It doesn't work, you know. And one of the biggest things, they always put the chimney right in the valley. How many know you never put a chimney in a valley? Why? Because it's going to leak every single time. You never put a you got to put a chimney somewhere else. You got to put it over where you can go around it. But you never put a chimney. Some of you, most of you don't even know what a valley is, but that's okay. It's, I, my construction brain keeps running because we're doing construction. But you know, we've got to apply the word of God. If we don't apply the word of God, it won't work. Amen. So we've got to practice it, and it's okay to practice it. It's okay to believe God. It's okay, hallelujah, to let you know, God's word do that. Amen? But you've also got to make the word of God the priority. The word of God's got to be the final authority in your life, or it doesn't work. Either God's God, or he's not God. Either the word is the word, or, or it either it works, or it doesn't. God said he'll hasten his word to perform it. God said man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the word of God. Jesus said my words are spirit, and they are life. They are truth. They bring life. When he speaks the word of God, things begin to happen. Amen? I mean, that's the truth of it. You've got to apply it. You've got to use it. You've got to take the word of God, and you've got to apply it. When you do that, how to do it, then you say, you know, I'm going to stand on what the Bible says. Well, yeah, but there's, it doesn't matter. This is what God said. I trust the word of God. I trust what God says. Amen? And here's the thing, too. Most people want God to do something in their life, but you're not giving them anything to work with. You've got to give them the word to work with. God, acts and God confirms his word with science. God will confirm his word. But if you're not acting on the word, you're not giving his word. You're not giving him anything to work with. You know, I've got a sermon that says God can work with that. As long as you're giving God something to work with, he'll, he'll move. He'll move mountains. He'll do things. Glory to God. No matter what, if we'll give God, here's what the word of God says. God, I'm going to give you the word. I believe this, so I'm going to trust you. Amen. Amen. See, God's not going to, he's the perfect gentleman. He'll say, hey, I want to help you. But if you don't ask for his help, you don't give him the word of God so that he can help you, then you're on your own. God will show you things. God will give you um, every answer if you'll let him. If you'll let him. If you'll believe God and let him, praise God, God will do it. Say, Lord, help me. Show me. Show me what to do. Show me how to handle this situation because I'm going to cast my cares over onto you. That's probably the hardest thing. Is giving it to God and not worrying about it. And you know you've given it to God when you don't think about it or worry about it. Because when you think about it or worry about it, you still got it. God doesn't have it. Thank you for your overwhelming response on that one. Amen. Hallelujah. God's bigger than anything you're facing. Amen. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. And if we obey the word of God, it changes everything. And then also trust yourself. How many of you know it takes faith to believe that you're heard from heaven? Amen? Because how many you know when you think you hear from heaven, especially in natural things, that we're supposed to do this, or we're supposed to do that, or I'm supposed to... You've got to trust that the Spirit of God in you, that you and you've got to obey that. And here's what I like. What you need to do is just obey it. Step out and, and, and let God be God. I'd rather step out and miss it than not step out and miss it. I'd rather step out and say, I really believe... And, and, and just obey it. Say, God, here I am. Let's do this. Praise God. I'm going to trust you. That's why I told the Lord, Lord, you're never going to have to tell me to giddy up. But you are going to have to tell me to, whoa. And that's why I get myself in more trouble. Because you say, you didn't even ask. You didn't even talk to me. You're just doing it. I said, how did I get myself in this mess? He said, because you didn't listen. <laughs> that's been my problem my whole life. But that's okay. See, because success in the things of God come by you saying, you know what, Lord? 
I'm willing to step out on the word of God when it's just that. I'm willing to listen and believe that what God you're speaking tomorrow and I'm going to step out and I want you to direct myself. It's so much easier. How many know it's so much easier to steer a car while it's running and going than if it's parked and the emergency brake is on and the, and, and the steering column's locked. You're not going anywhere, okay? And you're saying, God, move me. And he's like, can you give me some power here? Can you turn it on? Can you give me some help here? Because we're wanting God to just make everything, do everything, and us just go and enjoy it. Because we want to be like the children of Israel in the wilderness where God's given them fire, God's given them clouds, cloud during the day, fire at night, perfect 72 you know, clothes aren't wearing out, got food, got manna, got, you know, quail, got all, everything's perfect, nobody's sick, got these miracles happening every day for 40 years, and God says, you guys are totally out of the will of God. Every need met. You're not facing any giants. You're not having to fight any battles. You're not having to toil and, and, and get in and plant the garden thing here. You're not doing, because I'm doing everything for you, and you're totally out of the will of God. We're not supposed to work, you know, you know, or not do anything. God do everything. We're supposed to work with God, not, you know, letting him do everything for us. That's not the will of God. The will of God is we work together. God says, yeah, we got to fight this battle together. I'm strong in you. Let's go. I'm strong in the Lord. Let's do this. Oh, I want to plant this. I'm going to have to plow. I'm going to have to do this. And they said, this is the, this is the promised land. Is there's giants in the land. You're going to have to, you know, uh, plow the fields. You're going to have to plant the crops. You're going to have to work, and it's the will of God. I hated it when my parents told me, said, it's God's will, you work. You work, and if you don't work, you don't eat. Here it is, right there. You know? Amen. But it's the will of God, see? See, everybody wants to be in the wilderness. Who wants to be in the wilderness and, and, and just have the same old, same old? No, you've got to get in where there's giants, where there's difficulty, where you're going to have to be, and you're working with God. He's leading you and guiding you, and the joy of God meeting and supplying all of your needs. Amen? And thank God we get to pray. We get to say, only God can hear this. Only God can handle it. But I'm going to let the Spirit of God, I'm going to trust what God is saying to me, and it's going to be a blessing. And like I said, I'd rather step out and say, let's do this, than not step out. Yes. And that's God's heart. But we've got to strengthen our spirits. And we've got to know that's who we are. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you. Lord, thank you. for These folks are so amazing. So are all those that are watching and Lord, I just honor you and love you and thank you for the privilege we have. I've taught Christians tonight, just talking to the body of Christ, because sometimes we have to quiet our minds. We just have to quiet our minds. If we don't quiet our minds, Father, they'll run rampant, and we've got to get them quiet. We've got to allow the Spirit of God to change us. Hallelujah. And we've got to allow the Spirit on the inside of us to know that our Spirit, hallelujah, bears witness with His Spirit that we are, or His Spirit bears witness with our Spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. And you said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Thank you, Father, that we can be led by your Spirit that we are totally can be led and we can allow you to be the one leading and guiding. And you lead us by your word. You lead us in connection with your word. You're such a great God, such a wonderful God. And Lord, we just honor you. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding that can guard our hearts and our minds when we trust in you. So Lord, I just thank you for that. Thank you, Father, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Father, we just honor you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I just, like I said, just wanted to stir you up and get you to, to know who you are a little bit there. Hey, we're going to worship God with our tithes and our offerings here. Believing God for great things. Amen. And uh, thank God for his amazing grace. You know, we, like I said, we're purchasing and paying for everything and we're going to be, you know, God's been really good to us and he's going to continue to be good to us. We're going to continue to allow the blessings of God. You know, you do realize we've talked about the roof. We haven't really taken up any offerings for it. We've had people give money to it. It's been a tremendous blessing and uh, we're, we're thanking God for that. And, uh, but we're thanking God that we have the finances to be able to uh, make it all happen. And this is going to cost a little bit more to fix the roof, a little bit more, you know, the, the plywood and stuff. But that's okay. God's got it. He's got more than enough. He's a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Or if you're going to give online like I'm going to do. Hallelujah. We are just believing for good, good things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to make sure I, I do it right here so I don't mess up. I always have to pay attention. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. God's good. I <laughs> oh, love to give. Love to sow. Love to sow. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for your amazing grace. And Lord, we thank you. What a privilege it is to bring our tithes and offerings, to worship you with our giving and to honor you. Lord, thank you that you knew all things. You knew how much everything was going to cost. But Father, I just thank you and praise you that you're the one that meets and supplies all of our needs. And Lord, you're doing exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. And I thank you, Father, oh, that you're doing great things according to the power that works within us. And we just honor you for it, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's good. I'm thinking about, we got men's breakfast this coming Saturday. Hallelujah. It's June. So, amen, yes, yes, we're not going to have any AC, but we have electricity, so we're all good, amen, but uh, that's in the morning time, it's no big deal, the AC never comes on anyways during that time, so we're all good, and uh, we're believing for that, it'll be our real blessing, and so uh, you'll want to come, thanking God for that, also this coming Sunday we have communion, and we also have... uh, the youth are having a fundraiser. Uh, you're going to get to dunk Cameron in a dunk tank. He wants me to get in the dunk tank too, but I, don't, I told him we have to we get a few more folks, let everybody nominate somebody they want to spend money to throw in there. We can do that too. But uh, no, it'll be fun. We're going to have it back over here. His heart is, is just he wants to get as many kids to come to youth camp that can. You know, the girls, the teenage girls that went to the women's retreat had a tremendous time. And so we're believing that they'll get to go to youth camp and God can continue the, the, their lives and the ministry in their lives. But also we want the guys too. We want all the guys and the boys to come. So he's believing for, you know, 15, 16, 20 kids to go. And so uh, it's $250 a kid for the week. They, at least they're going for the week. And so we want to sponsor them and be a blessing and help them go. And uh, I believe it'll be a real blessing. Amen do that so so that's what's happening this sunday it's going to be good amen 
And then also, make sure you sign up all your kids, grandkids, neighbors, kids, whatever you're going to do for VBS, because we're going to have a a good time there. Amen. Let's all stand up. I love you, and uh, God loves you, and your blessings. All of you watching, we love you too. Be blessed. See you guys on Sunday.